Hey everyone, and welcome to the God and My Girlfriends podcast, where we talk about how to nurture the most important relationships in our lives, our relationships with God, our friends, and with ourselves. So join us, won't you? Hey friends, it's Marsha, and I cannot believe we are into June of 2021 already. Gosh, this year is just flying by. Um, 2020 seemed to crawl because we were all stuck in our houses. And now I think everyone is so excited about kind of getting back to normal. I know in my world, live music is starting to happen again. People are uh, getting excited about tours that are coming up this fall. A friend of mine posted a picture of a tour bus in a parking lot here in Nashville. And he was like, I don't even know whose tour bus this is, but it just makes me happy to see tour buses in parking lots again. So I felt the same way. It's going to be fun to finally get back out on the road and play some music for everybody. But back to the podcast. That's why we're here today is to talk about the podcast. And um, gosh, I just want to thank everyone for uh, all the messages you've been giving us about how much you're enjoying the podcast. That means a lot to us. It means a lot that you've taken the time to go review us and rate us. That helps us a lot. So if you haven't done that, I hope you'll take the time to do that. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about, um, well, what we do here at the ministry. We we really want to help women with the with their relationships, with their spiritual relationships with God, with their relationships with each other, and also their relationship with themselves, like how they feel about themselves. And a lot of that boils down to self-care. I posted a little thing on uh, Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, find us there too, because I I usually try to post um, things that are going on here with the podcast along with other Uh, and hopefully inspiring (laughs) um, posts. But I posted yesterday a little thing that said, taking care of ourselves properly actually helps us become less self-centered. And that's just so true. Because the bottom line, ladies, is that we all have needs that need to be met. Um... And if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't meet those needs, somebody else is going to have to do it. So in taking care of ourselves well, we're actually (laughs) letting the people around us off the hook a little bit. And also we're making ourselves better and stronger for those people all at the same time. Uh, Too many messages, I think, in society tell us that Self-care is selfish, uh, especially, I think, sometimes in religious circles. We hear, you know, we're not supposed to think of ourselves. We're supposed to think of others. And that's true. We are supposed to think of others. But if we don't care for ourselves, we will be no good to others. So I just challenge all of you this week to try to get in touch with yourself and what you feel like you need. Like, what it, what is what is your biggest need? Um, is it a is it an emotional need? Do you need to schedule a therapy appointment? Um, I'm a big believer in therapy. Is it a physical need? Do you need to get to the gym? Do you need to make yourself stronger? Um, is it a relational need? Do you need to call up someone that you've been maybe at odds with and go have coffee and talk through some things? Uh, there's so many things that can weigh us down. And we have to be in touch with what is going on with ourselves so that we can find the source of those problems, fix our needs, be happy, healthy, whole people. Um, I got a massage last Friday. That was what I did for myself last week. But, you know, you can go take a walk somewhere in in nature and just give yourself some quiet time. There's many things that you can do to take care of yourself. So I hope you guys will give yourselves permission to do that this week. Just some little something taking care of you. Okay, well, uh, 
We're going to get to our guest here in just a minute. But before I introduce her, I want to say that I had asked several people um, as we started this podcast about topics they wanted us to talk through. And one of the topics that continues to come up over and over and over is the topic of faith deconstruction. That is a topic or a term that is being used quite a bit, um, especially in religious circles. And for some people, that is a very scary term. They hear deconstruction and they go like, what? What on earth? What's going on? And I've definitely been uh, in the middle of my faith deconstruction. I like to maybe soften it by just say faith evolution. I'm evolving with my faith. But um, that is the term deconstruction that a lot of people use. And it is very um, confusing, upsetting, disorienting for people. So I went to my friend Stacy Byington Wynn and I knew she would be the perfect person to discuss faith deconstruction today because she actually has written a new book. It's kind of like a study journal that's called Deconstruction, Your Journey in Faith. Stacy and I met at an essential oils conference a few years ago. We both love essential oils. And we stayed in touch. And then we recently became closer as we noticed each other posting things on social media that clued us in on the fact that we were on a very similar journey in our spiritual lives. And she has really become a trusted advisor and friend to me during this whole process. Stacy is a coach, a conference speaker, She's the founder of a nonprofit called Common Ground, which unites women of different faiths. She hosts a wonderful podcast called Clarity Unleashed, which is also the name for the ministry that she leads. And she's a brand new author. Man, I don't know when she sleeps. She's also an empowering advocate for women. She's a mom, and she's just about to finish her master's degree in theology. Right. Yes, she's a smarty pants. Um, Her new book that I was talking about, Deconstruction, Your Journey in Faith, was just released in May, and I got a little preview of it. It's really so, so good. I know a lot of people trying to just flounder their way through deconstruction these days, and Stacy has put together a much-needed tool to help anyone going through this process. Um because it can be super disorienting. I mean, some people get so disoriented that they lose their faith altogether. So someone like Stacy, who helps you keep your faith in Jesus intact while still being able to walk through this process is so valuable. Because let's face it, no one chooses faith deconstruction. No one just wakes up one day and says, hey, I think I'll dismantle all that I've believed to be true. That sounds fun. Nope, it does not work that way. But I'll let Stacy explain all that in a minute. Quick disclaimer, um, we taped this interview back in April, and so we will talk about some dates with her upcoming groups that are starting in May. But there are new groups being formed all the time, so don't think you've missed out on any of the groups or her coaching that we discuss in this podcast. Her opportunities are ongoing. So y'all go grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and get ready to enjoy this wonderful conversation with my friend, Stacy Byington Wynn. Welcome, Stacy Wynn. How are you doing? I'm good, Marcia. Nice to be here. I'm so glad that you've made time for me and all of us, all the listeners today. Um, I'm as you know, this is just season one. I'm new with this podcast stuff, so I'm learning, but um, it's it's been helpful to have people like you that are my friends on as guests as well. You're not only wise and studied and you, you have so much to offer, but you're my friend, so it makes me comfortable so we can just talk. 
And I'll just forget, let's just forget this thing is recording. We'll just have a little, we'll just have a little chit chat, right? Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. Now you, you're outside of Jacksonville, Florida. Mm Um, has it been warm down there? It is. And it's, it's, it, it has been, you're right. And I, I, um, I'm not too, for living here, I don't really like the heat, which is strange. Oh, well, you, you're from Tennessee. I'm an army brat. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm an army brat. I missed that somehow. Yeah. So I lived all over the place. And then college was the first time I went to UTC. So Tennessee, Chattanooga. And those four years I spent in college, that was the longest I'd ever lived anywhere up to that point. Oh my gosh. Wow. You really were a little gypsy. <laughs> yes. And then over. moved down here and I've been here ever since. I- I've been driving my, cr- my husband crazy the last couple of months because it seems like every, every time I turn on social media, somebody's on the beach in Florida and I'm feeling so left out. And I'm like, I want to go to Florida. I want to go to Florida. But Florida is one of those places that in my mind, it feels like someplace I would love to live, but then I get down there and I don't think I could take the consistent mm-hmm. weather. I like, I'm seasons. With you. I like seasons. Yes. So I do appreciate uh, Tennessee with that, but I do like Florida and I am <laughs> ready. I'm ready to come to a beach here pretty soon. Got a place to visit. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I've been asking everyone the same question to start out our little podcast here. Obviously, before we started talking, I gave everybody a rundown about how awesome you are and everything that you do, which is amazing. Um, But that's what you do. I really would love to just ask you to tell our listeners one thing about you. Just what's one thing you would like everyone to know about Stacey? I've refer to myself sometimes when people ask me this question as a frosted mini wheat. (laughs) (laughs) You have two sides. I feel like I do. I feel like (laughs) I have a pretty serious kind of straight laced corporate side to me. And then on the flip side, I have like this whole ministry, creative ministry, um, drive, as well. And so I feel like when people look at me online, it's very confusing because it's like, I'm, I'm all over the place. So that's just sort of where I I just like that. I just, I like to be in that um, space of, yeah. yeah. So yeah, frosted mini weight. I get, okay, good. I like that. I like that analogy. You're a frosted (laughs) mini weight. Well, that makes sense because I will say that preparing for this episode was the heart. It's been the hardest one so far for me because every time I talk to you, there are so many different topics that you and I get mm-hmm. talking about. And every time I get off the phone with you, I'm like, I've got to have her on the podcast, but which, which what am I going to talk to her about? We could talk to her about her coaching or her nonprofit work or her passion for women's empowerment or her deconstruction ministry. And our, our, we, we can talk about spiritual abuse in the church. I mean, there's so many different things mm-hmm. Our our passion for LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. And uh, even today you were like, so what are we going to talk about? I was like, I don't know. What, what are we going to talk about? But actually what I do want to focus on today mm-hmm. is um, that you actually have a deconstruction ministry, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, I wanted to talk. I have a lot of friends of mine that are, um, I would say more in the evangelical realm of Christianity that when they hear the word deconstruction, which I'm, I've definitely been myself on that journey. It, it just paralyzes them. It panics Mm -hmm. them. They're like, what, what's going on? Are you losing, losing your faith? What's happening? That's not it at all. And I know that you have been helping several people down this path. You've even written a study journal called Deconstruction, Your Journey in Faith, which I just got to read a little bit ago, and it's fantastic. It's going to help so many people. But I think the place to start maybe is just let's start a little bit about your spiritual journey. Like, did you grow up in church? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. 
I did. So I told you I was an army brat. Mm -hmm. And so that means we were, you know, stationed in various places as I was growing up. And depending on, we always went to the main post chapel and depending on who was stationed as the chaplain, you know, got a little bit of taste of Baptist, a little bit of a taste of Presbyterian, Methodist, whatever it was. So as mm. I grew up, I had a lot of different Protestant um, uh, instruction. And then when I went off to college, I literally, and don't laugh, well, you can laugh if you want, but I literally got, I went to the bookstore and got a book about all denominations. It was like a thick book about every denomination ever, because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And there were a lot of choices. Ultimately, I decided to head into uh, Presbyterian denomination and served in student ministry in college and just stayed in that denomination after college and even went into, surprisingly, the PCA denomination. So very conservative reformed. And that's where I stayed for a number of years. PCA is that's Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Presbyterian Church of America. Mm, okay. And that is a very conservative, yeah. uh, reformed, fundamental type of church? No women in pastoral with pastoral oversight. Um, and yeah, so very, very much not who I was back to the Frost of Minnie which is a theme <laughs> in my life. So by day, I was a leader in my career. And um, you know, very successful with that, solving problems, building organizations, all of that. And then I would go to church on Sunday and just sit back thinking, well, my, this, I, I'm not a leader in, in this sphere. This isn't, you know, biblical for me to lead because my drive is always leading. No matter what I do, I, I tend to want to plan and strategize and be part of leadership. But I was completely content not to be a decision maker or, or any have any strategic insight at all at church. Well, that just didn't last forever. It got to a point where, and part of my journey, spiritual journey, it, is my divorce. So as I was going through the realization that um, I was in a destructive marriage, uh, a lot of things started changing for me uh, over time. And some of that was just this recognition that I was not in a stable church environment. I wasn't, I recognized I wasn't being authentic to myself in my marriage relationship. And I wasn't in a safe and healthy congregation either. So uh, part of my spiritual journey there was that realization that there can be just like there can be destructive marriages. There can also be unhealthy, destructive uh, faith or denominations, churches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ministries. So that was very jarring for me because I think I just had this very innocent and naive uh, thought that when you go into a church, anyone who goes into a church and claims Christ is a Christian and is going to do the right thing. And I know that sounds, it sounds very naive for me now, but that really was one of those hurdles I had to jump over. Like I'm, I can't just trust people like that with my faith. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally get that. And kind of going back to just a minute, you're talking about how, you know, you clearly just a little bit I know about you, you have a gift for leadership and you were in a church environment where you weren't able to use those gifts that God gave you. Girl, I couldn't even go to a Bible study. They would not have Bible studies after hours. Everything was midday. I was a working woman who came home and then cared for her child at home. Like I had no opportunity until toward the end of my tenure at that church, they finally started a after hours study. And I, wow. I couldn't even get into a community there because I was just an outsider. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it, it really was. But I understand that. I mean, I, it wasn't that long ago, maybe 10 years ago, which isn't that long ago, um, where I was asked, I was a church that I had been attending for years. They asked me about being um, kind of stepping up and becoming one of the worship leaders. Mm-hmm. 
And I turned it down because although I sang all the time as part of the uh, worship team, but being the actual leader, I still had this complementarianism. Is mm-hmm. that the right word? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Uh, attitude in my mind that basically women shouldn't be leading men in worship or leading men. Like I could lead women, you know, but I, from my Baptist upbringing, I did not feel like I could use my gift in that way. And looking back, it makes me sad that I felt that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can relate to what you were feeling in that moment. So you weren't in a good place in a, in a good, safe church for you, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And you, your marriage was falling apart at mm-hmm. the same time. Yep. Yeah. So to pick up and kind of finish that story. So that yeah. was roughly, uh, 2016, okay. 2017, I separated, separated from that church, separated from my, um, marriage and, changed and kind of went down a different path. And I, I tried out a couple of non-denominational churches, which really are Baptist in nature, I would say. Yeah. So did that. And, um, also ran into really specifically leadership gaps there. And just my, uh, sense that churches face the same leadership challenges that corporations do. Hmm. Um, training and development, just being able to transparently communicate to people, leadership development, all of that stuff was a problem. Um, and yet I couldn't dig in. I, I, although I was told I was part of the leadership solution when it comes down to it. And, and, and I, when I speak, I'm speaking about my experience, not globally, of course, sure, of course, but in that, in those contexts, as a, as a woman, I didn't have the same, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't have the same opportunities. And I was getting, I was, I was becoming more and more clear that it was not right. So, I, you know, what I faced was different in the PCA church because I outright knew I didn't have a place at the table. Mm-hmm. But then when you start going into non-denominational world, you're told you have a place at the table until you actually try to, you know, pull the chair back and sit down. And then you're, you know, you're no, you're blocked at that point from the table. Right. So I just became more and more clear that this was not the environment that I could um, authentically exist in and, and, you know, left that too, which just happened to coincide very closely to the pandemic. And, um, have been going online to a messianic synagogue in addition to just doing some other online services. So I uh, was called by, uh, (laughs) called by God, but I felt this strong urge during this time to study. And I ended up enrolling in seminary. So I was, I'm close to completing my master's of divinity. And so throughout this time, I was also really digging in learning and I've just become so passionate about the marginalized and uh, knowing how important it is to hear people's stories because I think that we only get a clear picture and a more the more we we talk to people who have been marginalized the more we understand about God because God really, meets us in the margin and our stories are so different. So coming out of a destructive marriage, women in that space have very similar stories about how God meets us in that space and other, you know, other people in different margins have different stories. So I think if we leave the margins out of the, the traditional church context, we're missing out on some so much richness and complexity Mm -hmm. there and diversity. So that's been, and I think that's where you and I connect really well, just because um, of just striving to continue to push forward in that, even though it's hard and not always clear which direction to go. Yes. Um, 
but it does help so much to connect with other people mm. that are in that same well, my pastor calls it disorientation, actually. Mm -hmm. um, he said, you know, sometimes deconstruction almost sounds like uh, you're choosing, like you've, it's something you've chosen to do. And honestly, it's something that I don't think anyone like decided, oh, I'm going to take my faith and deconstruct it all. I mean, that's, but it's something that you just start feeling. For me, it started happening as I started really opening my Bible and the mm -hmm. deeper I studied, and I believe there was something in your study journal that I read. I wish I'd have written the quote down about how, when people from the outside look into someone who's deconstructing and air quotes there, I don't know I shouldn't do that, but they're not understanding how much study is going on, like how much we are diving in. I, I know you, and I've talked about this I, in the last few years, you and I both have probably done more searching for God, oh, for yeah. a reliant relational trust in God more than ever. Mm -hmm. And when you start doing that is when you really start noticing how God is speaking to you and communicating to you in ways that I just I never saw it before. Mm -hmm. Very tangible ways too. Yeah, very tangible ways. There was also a quote in your in your journal that I think it was in part of your story that I was reading where you said there was at one point where you really felt you had been misled by faulty scripture translations your whole mm -hmm. life. Um, was there something that clued you into that? That like, was there an aha moment for you? Yeah, oh yeah. Definitely. I have the tattoo. <laughs> oh, let me see it. Oh uh, my gosh, it's, that's beautiful. It's Hebrew. And, Hebrew, uh, I started Yeah. Saying. So, Azair Connecto. So, in Genesis, um, and it's a long story, but just to summarize, before I enrolled in seminary, a few, you know, weird divine things happened, and I found myself. Uh, enrolled in a Hebrew course and uh, basically learning biblical Hebrew. And as part of that, part of my interest in that was this word, E-Z-E-R, Azer, Azer is sometimes uh, called as, or pronounced as well. But this word for woman in Genesis, and it's a, it's mistranslated as help me. And most translations I grew up with, the woman was created as a helpmeet. So Azir Connecto translated to helpmeet. And my uh, first eye-opening experience was in the beginning of the Bible. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this early first and second chapter of the Bible, I'm going to have this huge awakening, this eye-opening. What else am I missing throughout scripture? So just this idea that uh, the translations that I'd been looking at translated Azir Connecto into help me when really it was a corresponding partnership, this kind of a picture of uh, one human created divided into two by God, man and woman, and how they correspond to one another and are equal partners in life and creation. Um, and that picture, that's that picture in Genesis, but it, it, and even the word rib is a mistranslation and it's side. So when you look at these different components of that creation story and you realize I'm not an afterthought, I'm not just here to help. I'm not, you know, this taken from this, you know, little rib of a man, God took his creation, mankind, which is Adam, which isn't a capital A, right? It's, it's not a man named Adam, it's mankind, Adam, and split that Adam into two, male and female. And that's really the picture of, of what creation is. And that just blew my mind. So studying, wow. just digging into some of that um, Hebrew text was just so empowering. And it made me realize how little I knew, but also made me realize how much I relied on other people to teach me. So to your point, you know, you do, once you start digging your hands into scripture, rolling your sleeves up and just starting to learn 
the Holy Spirit takes you on a whole other trajectory. And I think too often we rely and just go to church on Sundays and rely on someone to teach us what we need to know. And we miss out on that opportunity as a result to learn for ourselves and really dig into spiritual formation. So a lot of people are familiar with that term, spiritual formation and discipleship. Deconstruction is just, I think, another way of saying spiritual formation. Mm. It's a very disciplined approach to uncovering and uncovering your relationship with, with God and forming a deeper connection with God. So through study and prayer and uh, wrestling with text and, you know, looking at how other people have encountered and, and interacted with the text over time and learning more about the culture and the differences. And all of that is part of growing in your understanding and your faith. So deconstruction to me, it hasn't ever been a bad word, but I understand that it can be kind of off-putting, but I just really think of it as that spiritual formation process. Hey friends, we're taking a little break to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by God and My Girlfriend's Ministries, which is a nonprofit that helps women in all walks of life. Women helping women be everything God created them to be. That's our mission. We have online Bible studies and book clubs, a single mama's ministry, live events, workshops, as well as this podcast. If you'd like to support our mission or become involved with any of our programs, go to our website, which is www.GodAndMyGirlfriendsOnline.com. There you can message us about getting involved or support us by donating to help us help others. All donations are 100% tax deductible as we are a certified 501c3 nonprofit. You can also find us on one of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere, and we love hearing from you guys. So reach out when you can, and let us know how we can serve you or someone you know. And now, back to the conversation. Speaking of clearer, I mean, your website is called clarityunleashed.com, which I love. Um, Just talking about clarity in so many areas of life, from spiritual clarity um, relational clarity. Um, uh, I know you do some, some coaching, uh, on there as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So I realized coming out of corporate America that what I was really passionate about and my career was development of others and really coaching others. And so I've moved in on, in my day job, I do career coaching and just love it, love it. But I realized that coaching was just kind of part of my DNA, I think. So in all these areas of my life, I just love to coach other people. And so on the ministry side, when I'm coaching, it really is all about that kind of spiritual direction. And um, I think that this deconstruction ministry, calling Mm -hmm. it that. um, Yeah. It is a ministry, it, it is. but it's such a wonderful opportunity to coach because coaching is not giving anyone answers. So the framework that I released as part of, as this study journal is not, a, you've already known, like there's no magic answer in there, but it's a framework to use whatever materials you want, including scripture to just move forward in the process because everyone has such a unique relationship with God. Some things will be the same in a community, but each of us has this uh, unique process we have to work through. And so coaching lends itself well in this area because coaching doesn't give answers, but it helps you uncover your own path and move forward uh, in your own unique way. I love what I foresee, what I foresee is, is uh, and the conversation around this topic is so rich when you get into groups of people. So mm-hmm. what I would love to do is, is, and what I've got, um, out on the site now is an opportunity to do this study as a, as a small group coaching experience, kind of a, a cohort to do, go through the study journal together. Yeah, I saw that. And I think, um, the, the journal actually comes out the first week of May on mm-hmm. Amazon and 
And I think your first group starts some mid mid May somewhere. So we will definitely link your website and um, so that if anyone is interested in getting the journal, diving into this course with you guys, maybe grab some friends and do it together. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of how it's yeah, created? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. I mean, I'm just so proud of you for putting this together because I think it's going to be a very tangible tool for people that are in this process. Because I know for me, when I started it, I was, I was just like, I didn't even know where to turn, mm -hmm. like where to cling. Luckily, I was pointed towards some amazing authors that mm -hmm. started pointing me in the right direction. And that's my next question. Who were some people that really helped you in your journey? I bet some of the same ones that I have, but yeah, Rachel Held Evans, of course. Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, Marg Mosco is a, she has a wonderful website, uh, margmosco.com. And sh her, uh, she just does such an amazing job with research and theology. And I mean, your, her footnotes, if you go out to her site, are just so rich. You can get lost in footnotes forever. So she's one of my great resources, and I support her on Patreon. I, I just love her work. And Lucy Pepiat is an author and um, theologian overseas. She has some great work, especially around Paul. So many women struggle, like I did, with Paul, and she really does a great job of uh, dissecting some of that text. Ooh, I would love to look at that because yeah, I've struggled with old Paul at times, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, Jesus to me, it was very clear how he elevated women. It was just, it's, that's just clear to me. So I would love, I'll have to get some inf more information about that. That's Lucy. Happy at happy at. Okay. I think I follow her on Twitter. I'll have to, find mm -hmm. but um, yeah, those are all awesome uh i'm just so sad we don't have rachel anymore i know i know, I know. a lot of people but um i i'm grateful for her friend sarah bessie's work mm -hmm. lately i know you probably read some of her things and you've been you introduced me to this great book that we're you're leading a great book club right now that i'm a part of um it's brian mclaren's faith after doubt Mm -hmm. And it is one of my favorite books that I've read in a long time. It is really good. And I just started into Richard Rohr's book as well. Um, Which one? Just, the Universal Christ? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that. See, that's I was reading that first and. I love Richard Rohr. I love I've read several of his books, but it's harder for me to read it's headier for me. It is McLaren, a little bit. McLaren is a, just a little easier for me to just digest. I don't know how to explain it any other way. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I love Richard Rohr too. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And Peter ends has helped me a lot with just my mm -hmm. trying to understand some of the Bible stories and all yeah. of that. But if you could see this room, I'm surrounded by books. I have 10 million books and, um, uh, that's my, one of my weaknesses. I do actually read. I do actually read them. <laughs> I, my husband I don't just buy them, but I know my husband asked me, he heard me telling somebody the other day, how many books I was trying to read right now. And he was like, you're reading them all right now. Like when, how do you do this? It's hard. Like I'm really bad about reading more than yeah. one book at a time, but some of the books are heavier and I need time to digest them slowly. And then others are easier. And mm -hmm. what are you reading right now? There's a good one I'm reading called might from the margins and it's by Dennis Edwards and it's the gospel's power to turn the tables on mm. injustice. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so I, I have a few, uh, and I find that, you know, the more voices you take in, just the better holistic picture you can get of who God is and how God meets us all individually in our context, but also how he drives us toward change and into action. You know, we don't just sit and post our studies on Instagram with the perfect coffee and plant picture, um, but we, we got to drive it forward. Yeah. Got to drive absolutely. it forward. Absolutely. 
If you had one piece of advice for someone that maybe was in the very beginning stages of um, maybe a little bit of a questioning their faith or questioning mm-hmm. their church or just starting to feel like things aren't working for them the way they were anymore. Do you have one piece of advice as to where they could start? Yes. And as part of my master's program, I'm doing an internship using the study right now in a group of women who are leaving destructive, have left destructive marriages. So um, I, I, you know, I'm getting just this huge benefit of seeing and interacting with them as they're starting the process. And I think sometimes we have started it before we even know that it's a thing. Uh, And that's that very beginning where you just feel like you're a fish out of water and you're going crazy um, and definitely swimming against the stream. And it just feels so dangerous and um, dark sometimes. But I think the very basic um, piece of advice I would have is to find other people in that space and just start talking because if you sit in that space yourself, it's, you're eventually going to start working forward, but I feel like it takes, will take longer. And the good news is that you're not the only one there. And it's really interesting to me to see how many groups of women uh, there are that pop up all over the world that are meeting and talking about deconstruction um, I think, and, and I know men are too, but I'm just kind of tuned into that group. So it's not, it's a, it's a move of the Holy spirit and, and it's happening everywhere and you're not alone and it's okay to, to ask questions. And if you go back to Genesis and look at, uh, Jacob, I mean, that's the whole story of wrestling right there. That's what the whole faith was founded on right, right there is wrestling and it's okay to do that. So I would say, yeah, just find some people and just be authentic. There are lots of avenues you can take and just put one foot in front of the other and keep stepping forward. And it'll become more and more clear. And it is a stripping away. So deconstruction is a stripping away, but it's not a stripping away of your faith. It's a stripping away of harmful theology and maybe traditions that don't serve you anymore. So you do strip some things away, but man, what you're, what you uncover and what you're left with is just so much more than you could imagine you would end up with. So just keep stepping forward. I love that. And that reminds me that you also have a a little, well, it's growing a Facebook group called the deconstruction zone that, Mm -hmm. um, I know you meet a lot of times live on Sunday nights. I haven't been able to I've only been there once or twice, but every time I go there, it just, I learn something and I feel comforted by hearing other people's stories and they're just mm-hmm. so similar. And those communities have been life-giving for me. And I'm so grateful to people like you for putting them together because I know how valuable they are. It's just been a, um, amazing few years in my life. And I, if you asked me a few years ago, if I would be doing anything like this, I would have had no concept of it. Even the term deconstruction ministry, I, I, that's just what I call it, but I feel like it is truly a, one of the best ministries that we could be involved in. Um, the end goal is what we all strive for, which is to know Christ and to know our value and our identity in him. And, um, we strive for, you know, all of those and all of those who felt alienated in any way um, for any reason, that's, we're striving to bring them closer to a true sense of community and authenticity in their faith. I think that's what we're all moving toward. Yeah. I think a faith that isn't growing and evolving is gotta be just stagnant. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I was even, it's been interesting for me to even see Beth Moore's recent journey. Mm. And I think it was just a few days ago, she came out basically saying, you know, that she was sad or apologizing about her part in uh, helping complementarianism become accepted in the church. Mm -hmm. And to see her 
growing like that is, is mm-hmm. a amazing thing. And it also, whether or not we're in the same place in our journey, it just reminds me to keep growing too. It makes me, it, it reassures me that yes, we're all supposed to be revolve, you know, evolving faith is, is another term. Yeah. And uh, if it's not evolving and we're not growing, then what's the, what's the point? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She's been, she's one of my favorites. I've enjoyed watching her yeah. uh, over the years. And I think, you know, as you, as you're in that space and you see people that are moving into um, that kind of posture, you also see the opposite. Oh yeah. And, and that's fine because I think it makes it more and more clear uh, where your community is. And then the hardest part, I, I believe of this process for me and for many people is then making a decision to change that community. That's, mm. that's, that's tough. That's hard. That is a big part of the process and probably the hardest part of the process. Yes, absolutely. Which we could talk another 30 minutes about just that, but we won't um, because we are running out of time. We didn't even talk about, and I will try to put this in the show notes too, but you also have a nonprofit called Living Water Women's Ministry. Mm-hmm. And part of that nonprofit, you're the executive director. You have a, a yearly women's conference called Common Ground Conference. This year it's October 1st and 2nd, and it's in Jacksonville, correct? It is. It is. And I'm just honored to have a great group of women that I work with on that and um, just super creative. And it's all about bringing women from all different faith backgrounds. It's not church specific, denomination specific. And you'd be surprised. It's hard to get people to do, <laughs> to do oh, that. I bet. <laughs> I bet. It's so amazing just to realize when you've got common ground and your faith in Jesus Christ, all the other stuff that could have, you know, try to separate you from other women, you don't have to allow it to, it's okay to not believe in all the secondary stuff. Uh, and have to have that as common ground. As long as you've got your faith in Jesus Christ as your common ground, you can cross over many bridges and barriers. Uh, and the more we do that, the stronger our communities are going to be. Oh, I love that. Thank you for, for putting that message out. Cause I think that is so, so very important. Um, you know, I think a lot about my faith journey and I'm an adopted child. So I was adopted by a Christian couple. I was taught to, I was taught the Christian way, right? But I might've been adopted by a Jewish couple or Mm a Muslim couple or, you know, I mean, we were Southern Baptists, so I could have been Catholic. I could have been Presbyterian or whatever. Our journeys are so dictated by our circumstances early Mm -hmm. on, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've just learned to, rather than be, offended because somebody else's belief system isn't the same as mine. I've kind of learned to be fascinated by it, you know, and just try to learn and also not have to feel like my journey needs to look like theirs or theirs needs to look like mine. And there's a lot of freedom in that. Absolutely. I call it holy curiosity. The more we can be, have holy curiosity, the better conversations we'll have. Yes. I love that. I love that. So, uh, what's next for you? You're finishing up your master's and I am. So should finish up in the next few months. My internship is wrapping up. I'll release the study journal after that to the public. And, uh, they're, they're my, they're my first group going through. And it's just been such a, um, I can't even tell you how, uh, how much I love working with people that are going through this process. It's just such a deep, and you just get so connected, uh, talking about faith and questions and, uh, God's love through all of it and how there's absolutely nothing that separates us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So deconstruction won't separate us. Our social, uh, systems don't separate us Our politics, nothing. There's nothing that can separate us from his love. No, no sin, no, nothing like there. Nothing means nothing in Romans eight thirty-eight and 39. So I truly, believe that that's where we need to focus. Well, thank you for the work you're doing. Thank you for your time today. I will link your website up. So if anyone wants to 
find out more about Stacy and the great work she's doing. You'll be able to do that. And um, hopefully I can get you to come back on another Absolutely. time. Just talk about other stuff because we could talk for hours. I know. Good. Well, you're a blessing, okay. Stacy. Wynn. You are too, Marsha. I'm so glad to have this opportunity. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad we met years ago when we did just a random the way thing. that we did random thing. Yeah, yeah. Love it. I love it too. All right. Well, you have a good day. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Isn't she fantastic? I mean, this woman is a wealth of knowledge and I'm just so grateful to have her in my life. Um, I actually just spoke with her yesterday because like I said, we taped this back in April and I was like, is there any updates I need to give about your groups or any of your coaching? And she did want me to tell you guys that her small groups are reopening soon. So you can contact her uh, on her website, which is clarityunleashed.com. Again, it will be in the show notes. And that way you can get in one of the groups or maybe on a waiting list for the group. Um, In the meantime, she has coaching openings. Also, you can find that out on her website. And also, if if any book clubs or ministry groups want to start their own study with her workbook, she would love to drop in virtually for the kickoff or for any Q&A at any point with your group. She is on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm going to link you up so you can get in touch with Stacy. I, I know there's a lot of you out there that are going to want to hook up. I mean, not hook up like that. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. Okay. Um, that's it guys thanks again for being with us i hope to see you next monday next week we have my friend irene williams and it's going to be a very different podcast we're going to talk about something that is so important in today's world of technology it is called digital decluttering my friend irene williams is going to be here to walk us through all of that i know i'm not the only one that spends hours every week looking for that picture that's somewhere on my phone that I want to show someone or some file on my computer or you know that email you desperately need and can't find Irene is going to hook us up so don't miss next week's podcast you want to be here and until then thanks again for joining us y'all stay safe and be well (laughs) 